You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employer's respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also make you feel totally in control? Enter Conair Girlbomb. They're like your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for us. From the ultimate girl bomb grip to the professional grade blades, say goodbye to settling for less. With Conair Girl Bomb, you get the precision and power that used to only be exclusive to men's tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb, available at Walgreens. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This podcast is part of the 76ers Podcast Network. Search 76ers Insiders wherever you get your podcasts. And everybody in Philadelphia, 76ers, the beat. Hello, everybody. Welcome back once again to a post Sixers win reaction. I'm Lauren Rosen. Matt Murphy is here with me. If you're live on Twitter Spaces, welcome. If you're listening, posthumously on the 76ers Insiders podcast feed. Thank you for joining us there. A reminder that you can always give us your feedback. Let us know what you want to hear about after every Sixers game, whether or not we go live the next day, we keep track. So we would love, love, love to hear from you guys where you're listening from, what you're seeing, what you're enjoying, what you're hoping for on the road ahead. Matt Murphy, good morning. 4-0 on this road trip thus far. Doc Rivers, Tyrese Maxey talked about it last night. They said they'd be thrilled if they had been told that they were going to go 4-0 and at the beginning, especially considering how few days off the team had during this stretch and how grueling it's been. So 4-0 and so far. It's been awesome to recap them with you. How are you feeling this morning? I'm doing great. 105-95 win over the Portland Trailblazers. The Sixers now have the same record in the Eastern Conference as the Milwaukee Bucks, and those teams only trail the Boston Celtics. Philadelphia now 29-16. and 16. In the pre-show, we said it's not morning for the East Coast people, including myself, but I'm kicking us off with a funny message from Winona who says, it feels like morning because we stay up with the fellas. So that's how we're doing on, on this side, Lauren. But it is morning for you going from Portland to, to Sacramento overnight. It was a late night last night. But again, any late night is better when the Sixers can pull out a win and the vibes can be as high as they were leaving Portland last night. So let's dive into the box score. Um, as I read some stats from last night, please let us know what stands out to you. You can click the bottom right-hand corner of the space. There's a purple icon where you can let us know what's standing out. You can send us DMs. You guys know the drill. Let's do it. 
Joel Embiid last night led the way, 32 points, nine rebounds, two assists, a steal, and three blocks. Joel shot 22 or two, 12 for 22 from the field, seven for seven from the free throw line. James Harden another triple double last night, 16 points, 10 rebounds, 14 assists. He shot six for 11 from the field, three for four from the line in 34 minutes. Again, the minutes lower last night, which is great to see on, again, a pretty grueling road stretch like this. James's 34 minutes marked a team high. Um, Tobias Harris, 11 points, 7 rebounds, an assist, and a steal. He shot 5 for 11. Uh, Tyrese Maxey led the bench unit with 15 points, 2 rebounds, 2 assists, and a steal. He shot 7 for 12 from the field in a bench-high 29 minutes of play. Um, D'Anthony Melton, George Niang, Shake Milton, Matisse Thibel, Montrez Harrell all scored in this one as well. But Matt Murphy, what stood out to you as as you watched this edition of Sixers After Dark? I am going to borrow from one of the Spaces followers on Twitter. Stuart said 41 bench points says a lot. Maxi, Shake, Niang doing well. So I, I'd agree with that. I think the the bench points... I'm going to steal that answer because it ended up being uh, 41-18 in favor of the Sixers bench. Of course, Tyrese Maxey, his third straight game off the bench. Shake Milton had some really clutch buckets in the second half. So did George Niang again. Matisse Thibel, a steal against Damian Lillard in a 15-point game towards the end of the game. Uh, made some plays as well. Montrez Harrell's energy in the first half and throughout the game. I think the bench on Game four of a five-game road trip, I was impressed with the energy level that the bench brought, and it just shows the depth of this team. What stood out to you? I agree with you. Um, I think that the bench productivity has been really, really strong throughout this trip. I think, not even I think, the bench productivity has been strong, led by Tyrese Maxey. Matt, I want to hear from him. Are we ready to dive into his comments, or did you want to talk about stats a little bit more? No, I mean, we could always talk about Joel Embiid and James Harden's stats because with these most recent performances uh we may have already covered this but seven straight 30 point games for Embiid he just keeps tacking on to that and and Harden's fourth triple double leads the Eastern Conference but let's hear from Tyrese Maxey yeah big time stuff Uh, in the words of Tyrese Maxey rather we need to make sure that we're not taking for granted amazing nights like last night for Joel he said after the Clippers game that sometimes they look up before Joel has reached the 30 point threshold at the scoreboard and they say where's Joel tonight jokingly obviously but interesting to see (laughs) that such a such a dominant performance is is becoming such clockwork for Joel and for his teammates to expect it as well and then you mentioned James Harden of course um, who's been distributing perhaps better than anybody else in the league. And, and his chemistry with Joel, something that we should we should touch on at some point as well. But love to see the two of them really developing something special. I feel like on this trip specifically, Matt, uh, James's awareness for where Joel has been is perhaps a- at its peak. And that's been something really cool to see. Um, so to shift gears a little bit, uh, a cool story, we know Rich Hoffman from The Athletic covered this as well this morning, but for those of you that don't know, Shake Milton and Tyrese Maxey, who are now leading that second unit backcourt together, actually have a lot of history. They, um, The two of them didn't, 
know each other until Tyrese was a high school student and Shake was in college. But that, of course, was years before they became teammates with the 76ers. Tyrese's father was, at the time, a coach with SMU, where Shake Milton played his college basketball. And a high school Tyrese Maxey remembers getting to know a college-aged Shake Milton, who became a little bit of a mentor for him. And then life is funny. They end up on the 76ers together. Now they end up playing together more heavily than they ever have. And the chemistry that was built back then is showing today. So I want to play maybe a couple minutes actually worth of Tyrese Maxey's media availability from last night where he sort of uh, chronicled that bond that he built with Shake, how it started and how it's continued on today. So take a listen to Tyrese here. I met him so long ago. I met him um, my uh, junior year in high school, I think. And uh, just because I was a fan of his game, man, I, my dad coached at SMU, so I was at the games all the time. And, um, you know, I, when I would go and see them at practice and different things like that, um, because I'm a fan, because he was, you know, older than me, it's funny, like, he would always take me on his wing. You know, he will talk to me, he will uh, tell me what he saw in the pick and roll, tell me what he saw in the game, and I just mess with him about how well he played the nights before. But, um, you know, my pops used to come home and tell me, he was like, you know, this dude's going to be really good. And uh, just watch how he plays off the pick and roll, his pace and different things like that. Um, we do have a lot of totally different games. He's a little bit slower, and I'm a little, a little bit running around fast. But, um, you know, it's, it's great. No, I'm just extremely proud of him. Um, he's doing his thing right now. And he's been big this, this whole road trip. And even before that, he stayed right. He's been in different roles, starting, not playing, coming off the bench, playing, having scored big moments. And uh, just got to really appreciate the guy like that. Worked out with him or play one on one while you were maybe still in high school. Did that ever happen while he was in college? No, because you know, you don't want to. I don't want to be a part of him trying to hurt you know and mess around and actually hurt somebody. And that because you know, but um. I did watch a lot of the practice because they was only like, what, 30 minutes away from my house. So I would go up there and watch practice with my dad and uh, Coach Jankovic. I appreciate them letting me come in and sit in on it. Um, I think, one, because uh, it, it um, enhances your basketball IQ, being able to sit in through a college, a college practice in high school. And you can go back to your teammates and tell them what you see, what you saw, and um, you kind of execute it with your high school teammates. It's not as easy, but it's, it's definitely uh, fun. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's probably the biggest thing with us. Uh, we didn't play much one-on-one. But uh, he was uh, like a big brother. You, meant, you mentioned the things he, he told you um, rookie year, like when you weren't playing as mm-hmm. much like or whatever. One word was he kind of using advice from you know his past experiences? I don't know. I think he was just like, uh, because he felt like he knew that I had, uh, I guess, potential or talent. And he just told me to stay ready. He's like, you just never know what happens. You never know. Um, this, this league, guys get hurt sometimes. Like, we don't want anybody to get hurt, but guys get hurt. And you got to step right in and step up. And there was games where, um, you know, some people had to sit out because of low management, different things like that. And there was games where he would talk to me, like, all right, look, it's one of them games. Like, let's go. Like, and I would go right in and, and be myself. And uh, when you have somebody like that who's in the rotation, who's playing every night, who's uh, at that time was, like, a really, really good six-man for our team, and he was like a microwave scorer, when you have a guy like that who's older and they have the confidence in you, it builds confidence in yourself. So um, I've just been trying to do the same thing with everybody. I know I'm younger than most, but um, trying to give them, them confidence because the confidence that uh, a lot of people don't have in themselves, if you gave them the confidence, then they can, they can perform a lot better. So. That Tyrese Maxey talking last night about Shake Milton and the years-long relationship that they have. Matt, I know that we had covered it 
previously the two of us have have talked with both Tyrese and with Shake about their relationship but how cool is it now to see the two of them really bonding playing together and being so successful with it so that this can become a much bigger story than it was perhaps when when Tyrese joined the team a few years back to me it just says a lot about this mantra that Tyrese shared coming from Doc Rivers and the coaching staff on media day the we season thing and adapting to different roles throughout the season so Tyrese is averaging about 17 points per game off the bench in the last couple on this road trip back at the end of November when Maxi went down and Shake Milton was starting for a nine game period he averaged about 20 points per game and then he goes back to a bench role and can still make consecutive buckets at important junctures of games like he did against the Blazers finishing with 10 points and had some some key baskets in that game and it's always good to hear guys talk about their friendships and how long it goes back and I uh, appreciate the uh, story that Rich Hoffman did write for The Athletic you gave him a shout out by the way a fellow Fordham Ram like myself so shout out to Rich but Rich wrote in that story that the microwave nickname comes from Sixers athletic trainer Kevin Johnson, who said that Shake Milton reminds him of former Detroit Piston, the microwave Vinny Johnson. So a little bit more background on that. But Shake's a guy that's had different nicknames over the years. Uh, He was actually in the G League his rookie year. They called him Money Train. I'm not still sure of the origin of that. I have to dig a little bit deeper. That had to be Norvell Pell. That had to be Norvell Pell. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so around that time when they were calling Shake Money Train, they would a lot of his Blue Coats teammates when Shake was on a two-way contract would comment on Instagram with just like a money emoji and a train emoji. But then the microwave nickname Tyrese Maxey has said it a lot. George Niang has said it this this year, and of course his social media handles are Sniper Shake too. So he's a guy with. Many nicknames, but I and think... And Shake, actually, not his given first right. name. His first Malik. name, Malik. So, I love it, Matt. What a, a history <laughs> of nicknames for Shake Milton. This is the content you come to Twitter Spaces for. Yeah, there's a, a lot of different things you could uh, refer to Shake Milton as, but him and Tyrese Maxey, most recently, both adapting to their roles when they, they have this theme of a wee season. I think they're great examples of just that. Absolutely. I love uh, what they, how they chronicled. And Matt, we talked about this last time, but when the guys interviewed one another in LA, they sort of alluded to the fact that when Tyrese was a rookie, which he, we just heard him speak about, he didn't play a lot. And Shake went through a, a stretch that season where he also didn't play a whole lot, especially last year, didn't have an opportunity to play all that much because of injuries. So the way that they have taught each other how to stay ready, and you, of course, point immediately back to both of them having 39 point performances during a period of time where they weren't expected to be as productive as they were shake of course versus the Clippers and then Tyrese later on when a lot of players were out in his rookie season against the Denver Nuggets so there are a lot of parallels between the two of them and it's been really cool to see them bond and play together so well Doc Rivers talked about them pregame Uh, the way that they have very different demeanors. Tyrese a lot more demonstrative. You can hear his voice pretty consistently at practice. Shake is a little bit more demure, a little bit less loud. He keeps himself very even keeled. Um, But Doc said he appreciates the way that when, when they hit the court together, when they spend time together, 
they're very, very similar, even though they display differently. So a cool little subplot in, in this mid-season stretch for the 76ers. Matt, I don't know if you're ready to move on, but if you have any other topics you want to cover this morning, let's dive in. I'm sorting through various questions and comments, and I, well, let's go back because some came in earlier today or even earlier in the week. Joseph said, JoJo unstoppable. James has been sensational. You did mention that combination of players and how important they were again. So what have you seen from, I mean, we've talked about it on recent episodes, but their pick and roll, and you actually tweeted towards the end of the game. I I don't want to misquote it, but just how special Joel Embiid has been. I think it was right after that high arcing end of shot clock fadeaway that that Embiid (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that he somehow made. So they, when they are on, it is incredible to watch, and they've been on a lot lately. And they're almost just getting started, though, because when we think about how the season has gone along, James missing time with injury, Joel missing time with injury. Last season, of course, they only had less than half of the year to get to know one another, and each of them uh, endured some bumps and bruises during that time as well. So cool, really cool, and of course, knock wood, but to see them have this healthy stretch together to start to get to know one another. Uh, Shake Milton called James Harden a wizard with the basketball a few weeks ago. And then last night, Tyrese Maxey said the same, discussing the way in, the ways, the many ways in which James can find his teammates regardless of where they are. Tyrese's quote from last night, James is just a wizard with the ball. He knows exactly where guys are going to be. He and Joel have a connection. It took some time, but when they're clicking, it's clicking. Um, and, and sort of the, the trope that we've now heard from Matisse Thibel, from George Niang, from Tyrese, from Shake, is that James is able to find them on the court, whether or not he's looking at them or for them. It almost takes time for these other players to adjust to understanding that James knows where they are, even if <laughs> even if they don't think that he does. And that's been something really special to see. Um, of course, we've talked a, a lot about turnovers this season, and sometimes those situations result in turnovers, but not because James isn't finding someone. It's because someone isn't expecting James to find them. Uh, and it's been really cool to see them sort of limit those turnovers, develop that chemistry, and last night it was certainly on full display. couple more thoughts on the Portland game because – I want to emphasize the fact that the Trailblazers only scored 34 points in the first half. I know they, they clawed their way back into it, but an impressive start to the game for the Sixers at 57-34 to 34 after two quarters. And there was a stretch early in the second quarter where the bench was, was reacting pretty demonstratively in favor of what was going on because Montrez Harrell had a big alley-oop conversion from George Niang. Matisse Thibel had a steal and a dunk, and he was smiling on his way back down the court. So from your perspective at the game, it seemed like that was a great example of where this team chemistry is at right now. The vibes are good. When you think about the the stretch over these last couple of months, starting with that Lakers game to kick off the seven-game homestand at home in which the Sixers won all seven, if I'm not mistaken, Matt Murphy. Uh, yeah, since since that first Lakers game and, and, and running us all the way up until last night against the Trailblazers, the Sixers have only lost four games. Um, they 
are developing. Zach Lowe this morning called it Philly's quiet dominance. And I think that that's sort of what this team is doing, right? Staying a little under the radar, still working things out, understanding that they can get a lot better. Um, I'll read a Doc Rivers quote on exactly that. Doc said uh, following the game, I think we're good and I think we can be really, really good, but there's a lot of work left to do. So if this is what the team looks like with a lot of work still to do, Matt, it's exciting, right? And you kind of want to be that quietly dominant team. You kind of want to fly under the radar a little bit. We've talked about the Bucks and the Celtics all year long, but to be up in that company now, especially considering, I know we've said it a lot, but especially considering the injuries early in the season, very impressive stuff and a lot of exciting basketball still to come. I'm getting some more questions and there's a couple that I want to get to, but there's one from Wednesday that is from Nate, who said Harden is first in assists per game and Embiid is second in points per game this season. I, the reason I want to get to this is because it's a pretty easy answer, I think. We've seen, we've seen Harden have his games and Embiid have his games and even great nights from both of them together. Do you think the success of both players each game are imperative to make a deep playoff run or rather a whole team effort? I would say yes, it's imperative for both of those guys to play really well. But to the point about the assist rankings and the points rankings, Embiid's right there uh, with Luka Doncic. And then Harden has to meet that 70% of games played threshold, but he would be above Tyrese Halliburton and everybody else. And through Thursday's games, Embiid is only uh, at thir- he's at 33.6 points per game, and Doncic is 33.7. So it's as close as it gets through Thursday, January 19th. And Justin said, hey, Matt, I want Joel Embiid and LeBron James to be all-star teammates. What do you think? I'm looking at the voting to see where everybody stands. And Joel Embiid, on the latest returns, not in the would not be in the starting lineup because of the three front court spots, but Kevin Durant is injured right now. Giannis, Durant, Tatum, and Bede. And then, of course, there's the draft. So you can look at different combinations of players and what would be fun together. But Justin wants to see Embiid and LeBron. I think that would be a good one right off the top. Do any other combinations of players jump out to you when they have the all-star draft? I mean, look, you got to you gotta hope that they can be teammates, but you also know it would be fun to see them face off. I mean, Matt, we're going to, I'm sure, talk about it down the road, but we got to make sure that Joel is a starter in that all-star game. He's just been so dominant. He's a two-time runner-up for the MVP award and continues to get better. Uh, I'm looking forward to your all-star coverage. Um, but yeah, the, the two of them playing together in that situation could be could be really dangerous and just another opportunity to continue developing this chemistry. LeBron's the Western Conference leading vote-getter right now, over 6.5 million votes as of the last or the third fan returns. But you really can't go wrong with any of these combinations. Uh, I'm just trying to think if any other combos jump out to me. I think Stephen Curry in an all-star game is incredible to watch. He had a casual half-court shot against the Celtics in the Warriors' last game at the end of the first half. And he, like, practices those and makes them all the time. Luca and Ja Morant, I think, will be must-see at this year's All-Star game as well. So a couple Western Conference guards, I think, that if you paired up with Joel in the All-Star game would be fun duos to watch. I think any of those Curry, Doncic, Morant with Joel Embiid would be great. Mm-hmm. I think Ja I think ja with Joel could be awesome. I think Steph and James in a backcourt could be awesome. Uh, the two of them obviously have a ton of history and – And Matt, I'm looking forward to it very much. So that's coming up in 
exactly a month, uh, the weekend of President's Day in February. Matt Murphy will be on the ground. Looking forward to your coverage at the All-Star Game. Matt, Just I know we do it a lot, but just remind everybody one more time uh, where to vote, how to vote, and then we will look ahead before we wrap this one up. So you can't vote for too much longer, but if you're listening live on Friday, January 20th right now, it's a three-for-one voting day. So get your votes in for Joel Embiid, James Harden, and all your other favorite Sixers because voting only runs for an extra day. It's on the NBA app. It's on NBA.com, and Sixers.com slash all-star will point you in all of the right places and provide some resources as well about some of the Sixers candidacies. Kenny chimed in and said a combination of Luca and Embiid would be unfair, referencing the All-Star Game discussion. I agree with that. The top two leading scorers in the NBA right now. Lauren, before we move forward, Winona sent a question earlier that's more behind the scenes, which we like to talk about and Winona asked what is the Sixers pregame meal you've been around them a lot on the road how that changes when they're at home and things like that but any insight you can share regarding that off the court I think would be insightful well so my understanding is that it's actually different from city to city from arena to arena um I think that there are some repeat performances. There are amazing, I'm trying to think of where that even is, amazing wings in Cleveland. Um, last night, I believe there was Mexican food. It's different every <laughs> It's different every night, uh, but I can try to start paying a little bit more attention to see. I mean, obviously there's, there's a lot of protein involved, some good carbohydrate options. Um, but every guy sort of has their, their own ritual, too. You know, uh, coming into games at home, there's always a pregame meal, but some of the guys bring their own food or eat separately. Everybody has their own routine, and that's always interesting to observe. But it is cool to sort of see, especially when uh, sometimes postgame um, local vendors, restaurants in whatever city the team is in will supply the postgame meal, which is always cool to see, get a little local immersion in whatever city that we're in. But, yeah, there's not actually a consistent pregame meal. There are certain things that are always available. There are, there's always fruit. There's always the same uh, complement of beverages. Um, there's always peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I'm trying to think what else. Popcorn. We see Joel and Tyrese eating popcorn after the game a lot. Uh, but yeah, the, the main meal component varies from game to game. Thank you for sharing that. I'm looking forward to the final game of this road trip because the Sacramento Kings are all the way up to third in the Western Conference for the first time in a long time that they've been that high in the standings at this point of an NBA season. So Saturday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, NBC Sports Philadelphia Plus and 97.5, the Fanatic, again, your ways to watch and listen to this Sixers-Kings game. They're 25-18. and 18. Again, the Sixers are 29-16. and 16. And the Kings have a winning streak of their own so two teams that are really trending in the right direction could be the best game of the entire trip to watch hopefully it's a a close contest and of course hopefully the Sixers can keep it rolling if you're a basketball nerd like me the Kings are actually hosting the Oklahoma City Thunder this evening and you can do some game prep watch uh check out what there is to watch for the Sixers for the first time in a long time will be the more well-rested team uh, in that matchup tomorrow with an off night this evening in Sacramento. 
Um, and then taking on, like you said, an exciting Sacramento Kings team tomorrow before heading back home for a four-game homestand featuring the Brooklyn Nets on Wednesday, the Denver Nuggets on Saturday, and then a two-game set with the Orlando Magic next week on Monday and Wednesday. The team will hit the road again afterwards to go to San Antonio, New York, and Boston. And Matt, we will hope, 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 to be with you guys quite a bit following uh, a plethora of those games, if not all of them. Yes, I. there's so many different places to see people's comments that I'm, of course, listening to you at the same time, but also making sure we don't miss anyone. And Jeannie said a little bit ago in here, I love how Tyrese comes off the bench firing on all cylinders, five fire emojis. And then Jeannie said, oh, this was about the drawing that I did pin to the space. Her drawing was amazing with the, some clapping emojis. So I just so want cool. to make sure we didn't forget anyone. But... In regard to these winning streaks that both the Sixers and the Kings are on, this is not to diminish anything the Kings have done this year, but their winning streak, it's not the same caliber of streak that the Sixers have going right now because they played some teams that are young and kind of going through it this season. And the fact that they play OKC, who's not going to be an easy out in the front end of a doubleheader or a back-to-back rather, that bodes well for the Sixers in my opinion. But their five-game winning streak is over Orlando, Houston, Houston, San Antonio, and then the Lakers, which they did win without Sabonis. And this will be this, the final meeting between the Sixers and the Kings in the regular season. The Sixers won by 20 back in December, and that was when they had that 80-point first half. So the Sixers, obviously, on the road, it's never easy to win in the NBA, but getting the Kings coming off a game the night before could be a big advantage. I look forward to watching that one, Matt. I look forward to hopefully recapping it with you. Do you have any final words for the Spaces audience, for the Insiders audience before we hop off? Unless there's anything that I completely uh, missed, I apologize if I do, but you saw as evidenced by going back to a question from Wednesday, sometimes we can circle back to things. So feel free to send us questions whenever. I think that's all I had for this one, other than maybe... An Eagles shout out because right before that Kings game against the Sixers will be the Eagles and the Giants in the playoffs in Philadelphia. So an obligatory go birds and they're facing the Giants who have a quarterback from where you went to school, Duke University, Daniel Jones. Were you guys in school together? We were. We overlapped uh, towards the end of my tenure there. So I'm still rooting for the birds in this one. I've really adopted Philly. I've certainly adopted the Eagles as my football team. So looking forward to that one, Matt. And hopefully we can recap two big Philadelphia wins on Sunday. Is Duke a football school? No. Yes. <laughs> sort of. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, look, it was it was a lot of fun to, to work with that football team in all seriousness. Um, while I was there uh, under David Cutcliffe, he created a really cool environment and, and it was special to be a small part of that um, and then obviously the basketball there is great. So, you know, I would but I would give it I would give it a football and a basketball school. I wasn't trying to steer you in any direction. Everyone should know we're all about the Eagles in this matchup against yeah. the Giants. But yes. <laughs> yeah. So go birds, go Sixers, <laughs> and uh, we will talk with everyone again soon. Lauren Rosen, thanks so much. I know you've been battling the time zones to join us so no come on you guys have been flexible with me so so i get no credit i really appreciate you and i appreciate everybody for listening yeah thank you everyone uh we'll be back soon (laughs) thanks a lot see ya
Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home, too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details.